Welcome to the podcast series, episode 31, Alternate Caregivers, the Experiences of Foster Parents. The podcast series brings evidence-informed child welfare practice to life by highlighting literature reviews from the Particle Archives. This podcast outlines research related to foster parents as caregivers, what motivates foster parents, their support and intervention needs, and issues regarding recruitment and retention are some of the key areas that will be examined. With almost 48,000 children reportedly living in foster care across Canada, according to the 2011 census, those caring for these vulnerable children and youth represent a significant group. The successful recruitment, retention, training, and ongoing support of foster parents are therefore vital to successful experiences of children living in out-of-home care. The Unique Experiences of Foster Parents Foster parents are an important resource for child welfare agencies and the children and families with whom they work. These children have often lived through adverse experiences and may bring with them more emotional and behavioral challenges than children not living in out-of-home care. Caring for children who are separated from their families of origin can lead to many practical, financial, social, and emotional challenges for foster parents and their families. These challenges may take a toll in many ways on both carers and children and are reflected in the loss of foster parents, foster placement breakdown, and the occurrence of abuse in foster care. The experience of fostering is rewarding for many people. However, the heavy demands made on foster parents suggest that support is an important ingredient in enabling parents to undertake this task more effectively. A recent study of 141 foster parents in the U.S. and Norway found that high-quality foster care requires both effective general parenting skills and a wide array of caregiving responses outside the parameters of typical parenting, given the unique challenges foster care can present. These include creating an atmosphere of belonging, honoring the role birth parents play in the children's lives, and acting as a buffer for children's overwhelming and strong emotions. These findings, while limited in terms of generalizability, provide insights into the unique skills required of foster parents further to those of general parenting. Methods matter. Generalizability refers to the level to which results can be inferred from a sample and applied to the wider population. In general, the larger the sample, the more we can generalize the results. Qualitative research examples, those that use interviews, case studies, and ethnographies, usually cannot be generalized to the wider public, as the samples tend to be small and purposively sampled as opposed to randomly selected. Foster Parents' Experience of Fostering There are a number of studies exploring the range of experiences of foster parents. These studies draw on both quantitative and qualitative measures and lead to varied levels of generalizability of findings. Studies have shown that many foster parents have a positive perception of their capacity to fulfill their role. Cole and Eamon found that foster parent age, helpfulness of information provided on the foster child at the time of placement, and adult support increase the foster parents' perception of fulfilling their caregiving role. Importantly, in the same study attaining at least a high school education, higher family income, depressive symptoms, and a certain type of childhood maltreatment decrease the odds of their positive perceptions. 
Similarly, a Spanish study of 86 foster families found that the majority reported feeling no burden when it came to their role as foster parents. When foster parents did feel a burden, it was highest in areas related to their worries about their foster child's future and levels of dependency on the foster parents, while the lowest levels of burden corresponded with those families who had been caring for their foster child for the longest, and also foster parents who were caring for foster children who were not experiencing difficulties in school. While foster parents in this Spanish study indicated that they were satisfied with the level of preparation and support they received prior to and during fostering, lowest levels of satisfaction related to information they had received about the child, example their personality, behaviors, likes or dislikes, the child's future after the end of placement, and levels of help they received when seeking material or financial support. Methods matter. While some of these quantitative studies were small in scale, they provide insights into the experiences of caregiver burden and satisfaction among a small sample of foster parents. Areas identified by foster parents in which they had concerns or felt a burden, example the child's future or difficulties in school, could be addressed by social workers reassuring foster carers about the child's future and making them more aware of the child's behavior, likes or dislikes, abilities, school performance, and emotional expression. With regards to the ways in which foster parents perceive themselves as carers, findings from a 2012 qualitative study indicated that female foster parents perceive themselves as mothers and not foster parents to the children in their care on a long-term basis. Understanding how foster carers perceive their care is important from the perspective of recruitment and retention of foster parents, and also helps to provide a window into the experience of fostering. Child welfare practitioners who have an understanding of the perceptions of female foster parents may be more sensitive to their needs and their possible desire for inclusion. For example, decisions made about the children in their care. Factors of successful foster placements. Identifying and understanding what makes for a successful foster placement may facilitate more informed and effective assessment, recruitment, retention, and training of foster carers. A number of studies have identified some of the factors associated with foster placement success. These include tolerance, being flexible and responsive to the child's needs, having a good relationship with the child welfare organization, and good family connections. A 2003 U.S. study identified the following characteristics as facilitating successful fostering. Tolerance, a strong marriage, faith support from the church, and a daily life characterized as organized and having a routine, but that is flexible and responds to the children's needs and external demands. Findings highlight the need for foster parents to be skilled at creating family patterns and behaviors that are clear, consistent, flexible, and tolerant. Further to Bueller and colleagues' study, information about the foster child, the right personality and skills, individualized services, a good relationship with the fostering agency, community support, linkages to other foster families, support of immediate and extended families, and self-care skills were identified by foster Canadian parents as important to placement success. A successful foster placement has been identified as including six themes security for the child, family connections, good relationships, positive family change, seamless agency involvement, and that the child grows. Authors of this study note that these findings are generally consistent with existing literature. 
Methods matter. While these studies all used qualitative measures and as such only reflect the views of participants, they do provide us with insights into some of the possible factors involved in placement success that can be borne in mind as we engage with families and make decisions at both a macro and a micro level. The challenges of being a foster parent. While it is important to consider what makes for a successful placement, it is also vital to be aware of what experiences and behaviors foster parents find most challenging. While we know a lot about the prevalence of behavior disorders among children living in out-of-home care, we know less about which behaviors foster parents find particularly challenging to manage. By understanding more of these challenging behaviors, we can develop more tailored and specific training for foster parents. A recent Australian study identified four profiles of behaviors that foster parents found challenging. One, cognitive difficulties. Example, executive functioning, language, or memory problems. Two, sexual and risky behaviors. Example, drug or alcohol use. Three, aggressive or controlling and violent behaviors. Example, getting enjoyment by upsetting others. Four, anxiety-based behaviors. Example, obsessive-compulsive behavior. These four categories of behaviors accounted for almost 60% of variance within the data. With this knowledge, it may be possible to begin providing more targeted supports to foster parents. In an earlier study, Jones and Morissette examined stressful events as experienced by foster parents and identified 11 sources of stressful events, including the foster parent and foster child relationship, the foster child and the biological family relationship, the foster parent and the biological family relationship, and the foster parent and child welfare worker relationship. Interestingly, when authors reviewed the top 10 most stressful events, they found that foster parent stress was most prevalent when it came to administrative issues, suggesting that it is not the daily tasks and care of the children that these foster parents experienced as most stressful, but rather difficulties with communication between carers and child welfare staff, as well as the impact of child welfare policies. In a 2006 Canadian study, Brown and Bedner explored the perceived reasons behind placement breakdown, which included complex health needs of children, problems dealing with the child welfare organization, the child not being able to adapt to the home, being unable to manage the child's behavior, and a change in the foster parent's own personal circumstances, example health difficulties. This range of circumstances highlights the varying issues that may lead to the breakdown of a foster placement. Methods matter. While this was a small qualitative study and is therefore limited in terms of generalizability, it does raise some potential issues for child welfare practitioners to be on the lookout for or aware of when supporting foster parents and the children in their care. Motivation and intent to continue fostering. When recruiting foster parents, it is important that child welfare organizations consider the reasons why people decide to foster. Research suggests that intrinsic and extrinsic motivations and wanting to have a purpose are just some of the reasons that foster parents begin and continue to foster. Intrinsic and altruistic motivations, including wanting to make a difference in the child's life and provide them with a home, were identified by Canadian researchers. By identifying what motivates foster parents, ideally child welfare organizations will be able to provide foster parents with the services and supports necessary to sustain those motivations. 
In addition, foster parents in this study reported feeling supported when they had positive relationships with workers, when phone calls were returned in a timely manner, and when workers supported foster parent requests and opinions and used open and honest communication. Poor relationships with child welfare practitioners or organizations, not feeling their opinions were respected, and poor communication with workers were some of the reasons why foster parents said they did not feel emotionally supported. Methods matter. Authors of this study note that this Canadian sample was similar to those in the U.S. and Great Britain in terms of the types of support they identified as being critical to their ability to fulfill their role. This adequately suggests that many aspects of foster parenting may cut across system and cultural differences. Further support for the existence of intrinsic motivation to foster were identified, including the existence of extrinsic motivation, such as helping children in difficult society. Interestingly, financial rewards for fostering were not found to be a strong motivator among participants in this study. An earlier study in England also explored the influence of financial rewards in fostering and found that while payment was important to foster parents, there were limits to the influence of payment and it had played little part in their initial motivation to foster. Among Aboriginal foster parents, similar motivations to those found in existing literature were identified in recent research, including wanting to help Aboriginal children, giving foster carers purpose, using their parenting abilities, meeting a community need, caring for the next generation, personal benefits, and keeping families together. Further support for the role of intrinsic rewards and motivations for fostering were found by Geiger and colleagues, along with the perceived satisfaction with fostering, perceived locus of control, and emotional and practical supports available. Study findings reveal that the emotional toll that fostering can take on foster parents and families in the face of fostering with inadequate support and respite services. Wenin and colleagues investigated the relationships of emotional and behavioral difficulties of children, foster parent self-efficacy, and the foster parent-child relationship, and how these related to foster parent well-being, experience of satisfaction with fostering, and foster parent intention to continue fostering. Participant intention to continue to foster was predicted by foster parent self-efficacy. Self-efficacy is the belief that an individual's actions will lead to a desired outcome. Foster parents who foster because their own children are grown up have been identified as having more children placed with them and being more likely to intend to keep fostering while the same study found that foster parents motivated by wanting to be loved or wanting companionship fostered fewer children. This suggests that increased service provision by foster parents is linked to their reasons for fostering. A more methodologically rigorous program of research is necessary if we are to better understand and address this issue. Canadian research has found that while the primary motivations for foster parents was the wish to be loving parents to a foster child and wanting to save that child from harm, foster parents who reported more positive relationships with child welfare staff were less likely to consider seizing fostering. Interestingly, Authors note that supporting the development of close working relationships between foster parents and child welfare practitioners, along with ensuring that foster parents believe that they are part of the service planning for the children, were just some of the crucial factors identified in this study which could be built upon to promote retention of foster parents. Why do foster parents withdraw from fostering? When considering issues of motivation and retention in fostering, 
It is also critical to address the reasons why foster parents withdraw from fostering. This is of particular importance given that in the face of the existing discrepancy between the children's needs and available social, mental health, and medical services, child welfare organizations rely on family foster placements to improve the problems of children in out-of-home care. Key reasons for withdrawing from fostering identified in existing research include a lack of support from the relevant child welfare organization, poor communication with child welfare staff, having little say in their foster child's future, and the children in their care displaying challenging behavior. Additional research identified four central factors as determining the likelihood of retention of foster parents. Locus of control, support, satisfaction, and commitment. The term locus of control refers to the degree in which individuals feel an outcome of their behavior is a result of their own initiative as opposed to external conditions. A foster parent's decision to continue or discontinue fostering was determined by their level of satisfaction and whether they felt they had made a personal commitment to a child currently in their care. By enhancing our understanding of the reasons why foster parents withdraw from fostering through research and discussion with those who do withdraw, it may be possible to increase retention and ultimately the care provided to vulnerable children and youth. Aboriginal foster parenting. A number of studies have been conducted in recent years with Aboriginal foster parents in Canada relating to emotional, mental, and social needs in regards to fostering. Some key concepts that emerged as central to the emotional needs of Aboriginal foster parents related to the importance of having an awareness of foster parents' needs and strengths, the need for foster parents to be able to function at their fullest capacity, the importance of self-assurance and appreciation, as well as emotional space and a commitment to one's values. Concepts that Aboriginal foster parents felt were more important to their mental needs, these included knowledge, breaks, recognition, optimism, discipline, patience, and determination. Finally, the social needs of Aboriginal foster parents included social participation, links with different agency representatives, activities for foster parents and children, a healthy community, family socializing, and social participation and meaningful relationship. Authors assert that in supporting foster parents, flexibility is central to offerings of support to foster parents. Particularly with regard to Aboriginal foster parents, their well-being has been identified as related to the well-being of their community. Throughout these studies, the authors note that while there are some similarities to the experiences of Aboriginal foster parents and non-Aboriginal foster parents, there are still a number of unique needs identified by Aboriginal foster parents that require consideration. For example, the need for a healthy community, reflecting views of community from a collectivist perspective. The need for a sense of cultural wellness and continuity. A sense of identity based on cultural knowledge and spirituality. And patient caregivers who had strong determination. Conclusions. What did we learn and what is missing? This particle has reviewed existing literature related to the experiences, motivations, and challenges of fostering. It has highlighted studies drawn on a range of methods and sample sizes. While many of the study findings are not generalizable because of the specific methodologies used, they do raise a number of issues that foster parents may have experienced and may be experiencing. Some examples include challenges regarding the behavior of the children in their care, difficulties in communication and support from child welfare organizations. 
and difficulties communicating with child welfare workers. While it is important to consider the limitations of the research methods being used and to interrogate findings using critical thinking, in doing this while drawing on your own practice experience, the client and family's wishes, and the organizational situational context in which you are working and seeking to monitor or evaluate your practice and decisions made, you will be able to monitor client progress and improve interventions and services provided, ultimately moving toward a more positive outcomes for all those involved. You have been listening to the Parkcast series, episode 31, Alternate Caregivers, the Experiences of Foster Parents. At parkcanada.org, you can read part two of the literature review on this topic. The Parkcast series is produced by Practice and Research Together, a membership-based organization that promotes the understanding and use of evidence-informed practice at all levels of the child welfare system. For more information and additional resources, please visit www.parkcanada.org.